This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Uh, education is a big ticket item in this province, and there's a lot of disruption with the ongoing rotating strikes. I guess we're into week five now with the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation. Uh, then you've got, I guess, at the elementary grades, the Catholic teachers uh, planning a one-day strike come Monday. Uh, I've lost track, uh, but let's just say it's a concerted effort by the parts of the unions to uh, put pressure on the government to resolve this to their satisfaction. Stephen Lecce, in response today, says we're going to offer financial assistance to parents facing increased costs up to $60 a day for especially the young uns uh, not yet enrolled in school. That's a form of daycare, a daycare subsidy, if you will. So uh, let's get the details on this initiative and where we are with the negotiations. Stephen Lecce is the Minister of Education, and he's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Minister Lecce, a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, John. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. But, of course, you are a primary concern to me, the listeners, and all the stakeholders in this province, especially the parents with kids in the system who are facing disruption. You've got the elementary teacher's head, uh, Sam Hammond, saying what you've done here with your financial assistance offer is basically bribing parents to be on side. You say what in response? Well, I mean, I'm not surprised, I suppose, that the opposition or unions would rather the money for themselves than directly in the pockets of parents. But, you know, we philosophically believe that families in Ontario are best positioned to spend this money. And we also are the only political party, and our government has been clear that the that these strikes, driven uh, singularly by union leaders, are having a real impact on both learning for children and on the financial realities of many uh, people in the province, particularly working families, middle- and low-income families, single-parent families. It's wrong. And it's indefensible that they continue to do this knowing those impacts. And so I can't sit by knowing that there's hardship uh, being, you know, uh, hardship that's being um, felt by many people in Ontario. So we made a decision every day that the teacher unions, if all teacher unions withdraw services, the government will save roughly $60 million. My decision point was to return the vast majority of those dollars back in the pockets of families to give them a bit of support at a time when the teachers unions are making it a lot more difficult than their life. We've announced uh, sort of four tranches. The first is any child in the system uh, just so you know, every child in education who's been to junior kindergarten and grade 12, they get access to these supports. You get $60 a day of a parent for every child, each and every child, for each day of withdrawal of service. $60 per day for children aged 0 to 6, $40 per day for students in JK and SK, $25 a day for children in grades 1 to grade 7, including grade 7, and then $40 a bit more for children from grade uh, junior kindergarten to grade 12 to have any exceptionality or disability, uh, obviously a bit more supports for them. So we are doing this because we believe that these impacts are financially uh, distressing on folks. We know that when we came to Bauer, John, let's be clear, that child care was the most expensive in the nation after, after the 15 years of the former Liberal government. So we're trying to make it a bit better, but we're also staying focused on getting a solution, because this is not a solution, it's just trying to help provide some short-term support for folks in relief with getting a deal. And I've called on the unions yesterday and today to invoke private mediation, as we did with QP, to avoid needless strikes and ultimately to get a deal to keep these kids in class. All right, uh, so let's just back it up a little bit here. You're talking about $60 million a day being saved because the teachers are not being paid in the event of a walkout, right? That's right. In the event of all, $60 million is what, what all union withdraw would cost, yeah. All. Uh, So can we extrapolate from that, that if they're going out piecemeal, like, you know, maybe secondary uh, teachers uh, union, and the the point is that you would more than cover those costs uh, 
for co- the compensation cost to the parents for this, what I call a daycare subsidy or financial assistance, it would be more than covered. It's not new money being required. It's the money. That's that right. Okay. Well, it's, now, money we're, it's money we're saving from not paying those educators because they opted on the direction of their union leaders to withdraw the service. And so it's, 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 it's all internally allocated. It's not new dollars, but it's money that I'd rather put back in the hands of families who have told me, you know, sure, all parties got to get their act together. But at the end of the day, they also recognize that this is a cyclical reality that's been driven by the, Liber- by the unions. Under the Liberals in 2015, there were strikes. Under Bob Ray, there were strikes. Under Mike Harris, there were strikes. Under Kathleen Wynne, there were strikes. Under, under and McGinty, there was escalation. So the fact is, we have seen escalation. And I'm just trying to say to folks, I'm on your side. I don't think it's right, but I'm going to try to make this a bit less impactful for you by putting money in your pockets and making the process easy to sign up. You can do it today, ontario.ca forward slash support for parents. It should take you two minutes to sign up. Uh, All I need, all they need is your child's first name, last name, date of birth, school board, as well as... um, as well as the name of the school, and then some financial information for the direct transfer, and monies will be in families' accounts. Should take roughly a week from each day strike to get those monies in your account. Stephen Lecce is with us, the Minister of Education, on this initiative to offer financial assistance to parents facing increased costs. By the way, $25 a day for students in grades 1 up to and including grade 7. Is that enough? Uh, is that just a, a SOP, or is that something meaningful, 25 bucks a day? Well, you know, what we've also done, part of the announcement is to, uh, one thing that I want to note is we've actually expanded the regulation to allow for more day camps to open up in Ontario. Uh, these are Right now there's regulations that sort of stop them from being open for a certain amount of time. I've expanded that, so day camps are an affordable option that municipalities and, and organizations like the Big, big Brothers and Big Sisters and YMCAs have offered in the past where they will be able to provide support. These are affordable in and around that amount. The bottom line is my aim is to put money back into the hands of families and offset those costs. We do think that's going to help, especially with the day camp side. I appreciate daycare, especially in urban and suburban communities, is more expensive. But the fact is, you, you heard it from your first question, even these dollars in your pockets are being opposed because they, they would rather no money going in the hands of families. I mean, we have a child's tax credit, John, that, that says that we don't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach to child care. I believe moms and dads in Ontario are best positioned to spend money for their children when it comes to child care, and the opposition and the unions oppose that. But, Minister Lecce, let me just stop you here, because it sounds to me like uh, by offering this and, you know, the day camps to operate uh, longer than they ordinarily would, the 13-week window, uh, even the daycares to stay open later and uh, take on more young people, uh, it sounds to me like you're locking in for the long game, although you did reference earlier that you wanted to call for private mediation. So where are we with the negotiations? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, listen, John, I want a deal. I mean, I, I would rather not have made today's announcement, but after, you know, five versions of withdrawals and now the Catholic and the elementary teachers saying similar things on a similar pathway that are hurting kids, I, I, I mean, I felt compelled to proceed with the announcement today out of, pro, out of an abundance of caution. Hopefully folks don't need to do this, no need to access these services going forward. But uh, we're, we're doing it because we think it's the right thing to do to put money in families' pockets. With respect to where we go, there's two things. One is we've made clear that we stand ready through the mediators to continue negotiating and bargaining to get a deal. The second is invoking private mediation. Folks, just for context, we have now had five strikes by OSSTF, strike days, OSFTF teachers make roughly $92,000 a year, one of the highest paid in the nation, second highest in the country, one of the highest in the industrialized world for education workers. And they had an option to consider private mediation opposed to dogmatically fixating on their request for a compensation hike. And so to make my point, 
They even took the government in December to court on our legislation, on the seven on our request or our legislation that's going to help uh, provide a one percent increase to public sector workers. They think that's not enough. They want a hundred percent more, a one point five billion dollar cost to taxpayer. And so, with respect. I think it's going to require the teachers' unions to be reasonable. And we have not seen from OSSTF, that's the secondary teachers, the high school teacher union, we've not seen them, John, make one change to their policy proposals or, or their positions. All right, so uh, once. The, once. the point is, uh, if they're still standing firm on the 2%, if that were to somehow be watered down to 1%, does that open up uh, the possibility there's enough wiggle room to say, meet some of their other demands, uh, like class sizes seems to be one of the bigger sticking points. Would you, I, I know you've already taken it from the projected 28 down to 25, but the status quo ante was 22. Would you move further on that, for example? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think we made some pretty significant moves. And before I answer a question, will I do further moves? It's going to require the union to make a single move. I mean, they haven't made one. So I think, you know, it's a fair question for the teacher. You well, is the principal sticking point the compensation then? It is a major issue, to be fair with you. I mean, it remains one of the fundamental issues because the teachers' unions have said to us they're prepared to fight us in the streets by protesting. They're going to fight us in the courts by litigating against us. And I'm saying I'm fighting for more money for students. And, folks, just for context, since 2003-04, the total bill of teacher salaries has increased by over 80%. We now have 12% more teachers in Ontario over that period of time and less than 1% more students. We're putting more money in education under Premier Doug Ford than any government in the history of Ontario. And still, with that dramatic increase in compensation, dramatic increase in investment, more teachers at a ratio of 12 to 1 roughly for students, even still with that increase, it's insufficient for the unions. And look, I get why they exist. They're going to fight for more entitlements and benefits for their members. And I respect educators. Many of them are my closest friends. But at the end of the day, it's, it's really not about that. It should be about if we care about these kids, John, then we should be fighting for more investments in class. And I'd rather well, see more psychologists for mental health. I'd rather see more math instructors to help our kids improve. All right. So the wiggle room, you see it. If I'm reading you right, Minister Lecce, is the wiggle room is to be found on the compensation question. Now, uh, you know, to the point... I guess that Merritt Stiles, the NDP's education critic, your colleague in the legislature, uh, was on with us uh, just, you know, last hour. Uh, You know, she's referencing this as cuts to education. That's the operative word we keep hearing, cuts to education. You're saying you're pouring more money in. Uh, Two points. Uh, She said also the mediator has been critical that there is no movement and put the blame on you and the government as far as that's concerned. Is she wrong? Well, as, as the critic will acknowledge herself, she's not at the table. So, I mean, she would have no sense of that. Um, and second of all, the reality is we have made moves. I mean, they're, they're well telegraphed. I've announced them on the public for crying out loud. I've been out there. Uh, you know by changes on online learning, on classroom sizes. But I've been clear on compensation. I think more money ought to go in class, not into the pockets of, of folks who are the second highest paid in the nation for educators uh, when it comes to the comparable educators across the country. So uh, there's that. The second element of investment I mean, we have now increased investment more than any government in the history of Ontario in, in education, uh, full stop. We are on track to spend $1.2 billion more this year than last year. We're spending more in special education for kids with disability or special ed needs, more in transportation, more in French language education um, than any government in the history of Ontario. And I doubled, personally, the mental health portfolio 
over doubled it from the peak of liberal spending. It's the one area where invest, increasing investment I felt proud of because there were such massive short uh, wait times to access psychologists and, so, and, and social workers. And so we hired 180 additional workers uh, for high school. So, I mean, we're putting money where it matters. Are larger class sizes, though, this is part of the uh, semantic argument, are larger class sizes actually a cut? Well, to be fair, uh, you know, when it comes to the research, the earliest, smallest grades, uh, you know, they are early years, are where small classes really make a difference. And that's why I'm proud that under our government, we're retaining the smallest classes in Canada for well, the earliest years of education. And so, you know, we're doing that. That doesn't get talked about a lot, John. And I'm not saying by you, but I'm just saying generally it's not part of the discourse. But let's not forget, in the earliest years, we will retain the smallest numbers in the country. We have small classroom numbers. We have increased investments dramatically. We've hired way more teachers. And yet, would you argue to me that our system of education is dramatically improved, notwithstanding all those new teachers, all that new money? Yes, part of, the, part of this requires investment, John, but it also requires transformation to the culture of education. We need to have higher expectations of everyone involved in education. And I want to see performances improve. That doesn't require a dramatic increase. It requires you know, a new approach to curriculum, going back to basics on math, emphasizing skill trades in STEM because they just haven't had the emphasis. Well, do you, do you see the unions as being an impediment to those improvements? Well, I think they're, I think they're just generally an impediment, um, you know, if it doesn't benefit their own members. Um, and so, and so, you know, I think for us, it's about thinking, making this discussion about our students and moving it away from ourselves. If we can make this fun, I get why, you know, the teacher union presidents exist. They're going to fight for their members' entitlements and all that, as I said. But, you know, respectfully, I, that's not my job. My job is to be the defender of students and taxpayers as a minister of the crown. And I was given a mandate by the people of Ontario to fight for students. And I'm not going to be deterred from that mission. I would rather see a new dollar in a mental health counselor or more math supports or more focus on science and technology in a disruptive global marketplace than to increase compensation for literally one of the highest paid education workers in the industrialized world. That By the way, is my priority, and I'm going to stand strong on that. Let me ask you finally, uh, because I did get a call from somebody last hour when we were taking calls, and he said, you know, there's so much development taking place in Toronto, for example, with the condos and so on, that the property taxes uh, would have given enough revenue to, as a revenue stream, uh, to the province, uh, beyond the city, obviously, and uh, therefore we could afford to increase funding for education. Uh, was the caller wrong or misguided in that? Sorry, just so I'm clear, the suggestion is to increase property taxes? No, uh, the suggestion was that we're already getting enough revenue from uh, increased property taxes because oh. of development. Therefore, there is money aplenty to uh, spread around and satisfy the demands of the union, increase education funding, and the students will be better served in the yeah. end, and so on and so forth. Well, we are we are increasing. I mean, the education development charges. Yes, those do exist, and they do help boards. I mean, the province is also putting more money in the system. So, I mean, this is the fundamental question. I mean, we are putting more money in education than ever before, more teachers than ever before, and I can't. I, I mean, this is a question maybe for the, for the listeners, but I, my suspicion is I don't think folks out there. And when I knocked on virtually every door in my riding, I didn't hear a whole lot of people say, "Please don't make any improvements or." Uh, change our system. It's perfect. I heard people saying they expect better. They, they People are paying significant amount of their tax dollars, working harder and taking home less. And they expect education system to be strong, to give their young people, their kids, the competencies and the skill sets to be able to be competitive. Why is it in one of the most prosperous nations on the globe, we have a youth unemployment rate that is twice the national average, yet we've spent all this money and hired all these teachers 
The system needs to change with the economy. It's a disruptive world out there. Our young people are falling behind. I want to give them the, the, the capacity to succeed in the labor market so that, that, yes, they can get a job and, God forbid, even own a home in this province. And that's the aspiration we seek. And uh, I, I feel that's the right thing to do for parents in this province and for the students that I represent. I appreciate your uh, time this afternoon, Minister Lecce. We're continuing to follow this file and any progress on it, so I'm sure we'll talk again real soon. Thank you. Thank you. Stephen Lecce, Minister of Education. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.